Hello, everyone. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching, and I'm here to talk with you. We're on the third episode of our Big Wheel Coaching podcast. I'm very excited today to be joined by none other than one of our coaches and one of my athletes and a dear friend of mine as well is Leo Bugtai. So, Leo, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, when you say here, I think it's important that we tell everybody where is here because we're having a we're having a little virtual uh, virtual meeting, if you will, right? Where where are you at right now, Leo? Uh, yeah, uh, I know where you are. You're but so I just finished Redlands Bicycle Classic Stage Two, and I'm in the host house, uh, staying in the room here, trying to find some quiet space. That's great. So you guys just finished the Highland Circuit Race yesterday. Was the Crafton Hills uh, College time trial. time trial, right? So you have three stages correct. left. So the Redlands Classic is five days stage race, correct? Correct. Five days. Uh, tomorrow will be the third stage. You have the three hardest stages in front of you, right? You have tomorrow's the Yukaipa Road Race, which is in my hometown and uh, very near uh, my home. And then you have the Downtown Criterium, which is one of absolutely the hardest criteriums in America. And then you have the Sunset Road Race on Sunday, yep. which is just a brutal, brutal 12-lap race, um, 85 miles over this just grueling, grueling uh, Sunset Loop circuit. Very challenging. I think only 20 people actually make it to the circuit, and then they close off the gates. Uh, the criterium is very technical, um, and it's you know the transition from local racing to doing a criterium like Redlands Bicycle Classic. Um, there's just no comparison to it for sure. Uh, and then tomorrow's road race is, you know, that one's going to be a very insane hard race for sure. Well, and you guys had some very, very high winds yesterday in the, uh, the time trial. So there's a chance that you could also have some significant wind tomorrow, which could make it very, very tough race on everyone, right? Oh, correct. So what we're going to be doing as a team and for myself is really looking at the weather and, uh, this is something I also like to do with my athletes as well is trying to figure out what the environment's going to be like and then figure out the wind direction and then figure out the segments of the course where it's going to be have a head crosswind. So what we can do is position ourselves accordingly before those segments come up so we can be in proper position so we're not shelled off the back. So. I love it. I love it. And we need to circle back and, and paint, finish painting the picture to everyone. Uh, before we get too far into the Redlands Bicycle Classic, because I know we're so excited to talk about it. It's, uh-huh. the, it's your first really big race of the year. But uh, so you're in California, Southern California, talking from the uh, host house at the Redlands Bicycle Classic. And I am talking uh-huh. to you from a uh, my hotel room in the in Taoyuan City, uh, just before the start of the Tour of <laughs> Taiwan. So you, uh, you and I have been checking in every day leading into to the Redlands Bicycle Classic and then talking every day during the Redlands Bicycle Classic. And one of the things that, that I wanted to do through this podcast was I wanted, I wanted everyone to see you as a coach and you as an athlete and how you as an athlete is helping you as a coach because you're really pushing yourself in a lot of different dimensions to be a really good coach and to help your athletes be as successful as possible. And so here you are, you are in a situation where you're not just there as a rider. And I think 
something that we've been talking about is this notion of, well, having an ideal situation for performance and what is, what does ideal performance look like? Right. And you, and that became, and I want to get right into it because you're there as more than just a bike rider. So why don't you kind of tell us about right. what's going on at the Redlands Bicycle Classic and how it's maybe a little bit different than <laughs> what I'm doing here as a, as just a bike rider here in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely a few things that is a bit different from me doing Redlands Bicycle Classic la- than last year. So last year I was on an actual team that, uh, you know, I could just focus on being a rider. They handled everything and I could get to the event this year. You know, I, there's, uh, I decided to ride solo and, but Redlands Bicycle Classic is a very important race and a very prestigious race and, and like as well. And it was incredibly important that I needed to do this race, not just for experience, but for many other reasons as well. And I tried getting onto a composite team. And what that is, is teams allow riders to guest ride, uh, to do big stage races because it's a team event. And I started mid January and unfortunately I, I either got rejected or uh, I was ignored with those emails. And, you know, I was willing to do whatever it takes in order to get into this event. Um, and what that meant was, is forming my own team. So what that looked like was pretty much finding the riders, getting the kits, uh, figuring out how to get the race fees, uh, the club license, the host housing, uh, and there was just like a lot of coordinating heads and logistics and making sure everyone else was taken care of and knowing what was going on and working out the deals with the brands to help sponsor for the event. So being a rider essentially had to become an autopilot. So everything I've learned up to this point as a rider just had to be checked off. And I just had to go through the motions in order to handle this big project. So it was a team manager directing the team and then also trying to be a rider. Um, there was a, a lot of hats that I essentially had to wear in order to just get to this event. One thing that I want to share with everybody at home, again, this is as, as a coach, but also as your coach, but also as an athlete myself, um, it's so important to recognize how bike riding works at a bike racing works at a professional level. And that is the teams are the ones that get the entry and the teams then select the riders to go to the races. Okay. So, in the current situation in you in the US, there's less and less organized teams. And so there are less and less spots available. So someone like yourself who's young and hungry and really pushing the envelope, there's less spots. And so it's very easy for some people to say, well, and we both know this because we know athletes in our area that are saying, well, I can't get into the race. It took a little bit of extra work, so I'm just not going to do it. And they're losing opportunities because there's only one five-day stage race in California, right? There's only one pro stage race in California that you can do, and that is the Redlands Bicycle Classic, okay? So if you don't get into it, you're losing out on five quality days of bike racing. You're losing out on racing with the best riders in North America and many from around the world. So you are so committed that you said, I'm not going to allow that. And I'm going to do what I need to do, which is create, in this case, a composite team through Union Sport. And you guys work together to create a team, get people on board. And that was 
that's something I'm so impressed on or so impressed with because it's very easy to be apathetic. And I think many athletes uh, or just many people in life, right? You see, you see an obstacle get in your way mm-hmm. and you think, oh, you know what? This is too hard. Maybe I can't press on. Maybe I can't go further. There's no solution. There certainly was no easy solution for you to get into the Redlands Classic, but you created a solution. And now you're having literally a breakthrough ride. You just won, uh, excuse me, you got second place, had the biggest result you've ever had mm-hmm. two weeks ago at the Tucson Bicycle Classic. And now here you are at Redlands having a breakout ride, really riding incredibly well. And it's all serving you in such a powerful way. It's allowing you to grow at a rapid rate. So I, I'm so proud of you for taking on this extra work. And I'm so proud of you for setting a great example to be like, hey, I will not be denied. I will find a way to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, even though there is extra work and headaches and, you know, there's those, a lot of challenges that came up along the way, having, seeing the faces and talking to the other riders on the team and seeing like, what they're getting out of it and like the opportunities it's opening doors for them is also very fulfilling. And, you know, everyone has goals within cycling and to kind of like talk to each rider individually and see what, how Redlands Bicycle Classic is for them. You know, it's, it's more than just myself trying to get to the race. This really created opportunity for Union Sport and SCC Tech Slick and Fours to really represent their brands at a professional level. And then also help the riders to, uh, get their own experience and, uh, achieve their goals within cycling. And hopefully the people as well, you know, that, that really shows that it can be done. If, if you really want to get into Redlands Bicycle Classic and you didn't get onto a team, like make your own team and get into the race and, you know, you can figure it out. That's great. Let's talk a little bit about your preparation for the Redlands Bicycle Classic because it uh-huh. started quite a long time ago. And so I think it's important for us to, to share with everyone who's listening where you came from. So this is your second Redlands Bicycle Classic. You raced it for the first time yep. in 2018. Okay. And when you started the 2018 <laughs> season, you actually, you were a category one then, but you had just received your category one racing license before you were a category two. So when we were working together, what we were doing was we were training you as a category two. We were training you like you were going to go to a pro stage race. And I know a lot of people around you were like, Oh, come on, Leo. That's like, you know, pie in the sky. Like that's too much. The training was too much, too much, but you handled it and you yep. did really well. And so tell us a little bit about how the 2018 Redlands bicycle classic was, or maybe this stage that you did today, which was the Highland circuit stage. Tell us a little bit about how that stage went last year and now how it went this year and how there's just a light years of difference. Oh yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to believe and it doesn't feel any different almost, but essentially last year in 2018, uh, got my upgrade on January and the Redlands Bicycle Classic was in March. And there's really not too many races that can really prepare you for a professional stage race. And uh, to put in perspective, last year for the Highland Circuit race, the very stage I just finished today, I got dropped at lap seven and then I had to solo three laps in order to make the 10 lap time cut. And as soon as I crested the 10 lap, the 10th lap, the Peloton just, uh, reached me and essentially I barely made it. And that was through every stage. Uh, the Yakaipa 
stage, which is tomorrow, made time cut by two minutes. Um, and the crit finished the crit. So all of it was kind of very close. And the goal for last year was essentially survive, fit, use every trick in the book to survive. And this year it's very different because I finished all 20 laps. And, you know, that's very different from getting dropped at lap seven. Uh, so this year, I guess the, the goal would be finish with the bunch as close as possible to the finish. And for me, that would be success because perhaps next year, the next layer uh, of being in Redlands Bicycle Classic would be going up and down the Peloton, helping either my teammates or going to the caravan to grab a bottle. Uh, it would be a much different situation and it just takes time in order to get there. I love that, brother. I love that because you're laying out a progression of your racing career and the trajectory that you're on and something that, that at least when I'm working with athletes and when I think about the way people are, are thinking through their goals, when we often think about something like, oh, I want to do Leadville, I want to do Dirty Kansas, I want to do the Redlands Bicycle Classic, I want to be a pro cyclist, I want to get my upgrade, we think of those things as destinations. And we think of the success that we're going, we intend to achieve there as if it's, you know, a very straight linear line, like there's step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh-huh. nine, ten, right? But, but what we often find in the process is that what you think was step 10, i.e. success at the Redlands Bicycle Classic, that's actually step 100. And that these, this sport is infinitely more complex than we know when we lay out that goal of, I want to race the Redlands Bicycle Classic. And for example, right, you wanted to race the Redlands Bicycle Classic. And then all of a sudden, one of the things that was unknown was, how am I going to get in? And now you decided to create a team. That's just one example. And so for you, I think it's really important for people to recognize and that you are a student of the game and you're really applying yourself so that, and through our coaching relationship, both as coaches together, right? Cause you're coaching and I'm coaching, but also as you I get the opportunity to coach you something I'm very, very thankful for it. it to me, I think it's interesting. I want people to see, what it all comes and how it all, how this is serving you to help coach people and help them see that there are many other layers to these big goals than maybe we initially understand when we make that goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like we discussed, you know, there's just so many layers in order to, it's not just getting the upgrade. There's being able to do, you know, for example, if you go from two to one, if perhaps finishing a road race or understanding how racing tactics work at a higher level and a lot of layers within, uh, within moving up the pel- the ranks within cycling. I love it, man. So we talked a little bit about confidence in this. Uh, we've kind of alluded to confidence and you and I talked before we got on the call here, we talked a little bit about the importance of confidence and that you feel like you're riding very confidently based on, both your fitness and your skill set. And that's, I'm so happy as your coach, I'm so happy to see that because you work so hard. And how do you get confidence? And you and I kind of talked about like just abstractly, how do you get confidence? And the idea is, well, you have to do the work, right? You have to do the work. And so when did the work start for the Redlands Classic? How long have you been working at quote unquote being prepared for this race? Uh, so one of the big 
uh, coming into Redlands Bicycle Classic, it was essentially, we started training in November. And one of the things you discussed with me is, Leo, if you can aim for a century a week, we would be, that would be pretty solid. And, you know, of course there's a bit more to that uh, context, but, uh, we were, you know, in my mind, if I could have incorporated a little bit more riding on top of that, I was going to be ready. And in order to do that was essentially incorporating, this, bringing back the semi ride and the semi ride was growing. And what that did was bring in a higher tier of riders that really allowed everyone to push themselves. And what that really also showed was I could see it from a local level, like everyone within our community who did the see me ride is also getting results. And, you know, it didn't just help me as an athlete, but doing the see me ride, for example, was one of the key elements in really elevating my performance and others. And that's something that you're doing at the Redlands Classic, right? Because you couldn't just get in as a rider you have, you got in by forming your own team. And so one thing that I thought was really great about that story, about your, the notion that, okay, we talked about in, in training, we wanted you to get better. We wanted you to have access to a really good quality group ride that you could really test yourself. Cause uh-huh. I, I wanted, I wanted you to be, it's one thing when you're a big fish in a small pond, but then you're going to the Redlands bicycle classic and you're a small fish in a big pond. Right. And, that's oh, yeah. really, oh, yeah. that's not a put down. That's the reality that that's how bike racing works. That's how the real world works, right? Very few people get to be the yeah. big fish in a big pond, right? Most people are, you know, we're a school of fish or we're a, we're in a, we're a fish in this big open ocean, right? And we're trying to find success. And so the sooner that we embrace that, the better off we can be. And the more chances we have to thrive, survive, and even dominate, right? And so one thing yep. for you was being able to be around guys that were going to push your limits and how we did that. Well, well I shouldn't say how we, it's how you did it, which I'm so impressed with. Hmm. You took took on a leadership role with the Simi Ride, which has tremendous heritage in the cycling community. I mean, European pros would come in the winter to ride this ride years ago. And, and over the years, it's waned a little bit, but you brought it back with a vengeance using your, your social media and working through that to get people excited about it. And it built not only your fitness, but it built people around you. And that's kind of a little bit, there's a connection there with what you've been doing at the Redlands Classic, because here you are, you made a, created a composite team through your union sport connections. And so you're providing opportunity to ride this big race for other people, not just yourself. So it's elevating your game but it's also elevating those around you. So it's one thing that I love about you, Leo, is that you're always trying to lift other people up. And that's just, that's, as you know, that's what we're about here at Big Will Coaching. And, and that's why you're a perfect fit for being a coach and an athlete. And that's why I just think the world of you. So I love that you're lifting people up, but maybe talk through that a little bit and how that has helped you elevate your game. Oh man, it has, I would say the learning process of just understanding how, you know, what perhaps a team manager has to go through in order to get to the event and just the amount of logistics in order to just run a race and actually meeting another side of cycling and not just being a rider has just widened my perspective of really what's going on. You know, I think most riders or most athletes are just kind of in tunnel vision with like focusing on themselves. And that's, you know, if I could do that 
that would that you know that would be also one thing. But um, I, I'm definitely grateful for being able to see another side of the sport that's just a bit, I would say, uncommon, if you will. Uh, and how has that elevated my gain is really just, uh, I think, le- just life experience and personal development. I love that. One thing that that I wanted to make sure that we got a chance to talk about is you just had a really big result. Two weeks ago, there was a Tucson Bicycle Classic. The final stage, it was a three-stage, <clears throat> not to excuse me there, uh, it's a three-day stage race, and it's a big tune-up race for the Redlands Classic. And there were a bunch of pros there, a bunch of pro teams there that were very motivated out of the race. And you're there as a solo rider, and stage one is time trial, stage two is a road race, stage three is circuit race. And you're trying to find opportunity in this, in this kind of 160 rider peloton. Okay. And you're one rider by yourself. How do you find opportunity? How do you find opportunity? And then through this situation, I'll just fast forward that you found yourself in the breakaway and from the breakaway in the final stage, it became the winning breakaway. And then from the winning breakaway, you managed to find a way to be sprinting for the win. And you got a really hard earned second, which is the biggest result you've ever had. I'm so proud of you. And you, you of course, you text me right away. And I was so excited to call you and talk with you about it. It's just, uh, yeah. It was it was a wonderful day. I was so proud of you. And so that obviously gave you a lot of confidence. But maybe talk through that a little bit and, and how that helped you uh be where you're at today in the Redlands Classic and riding with such great confidence. Yeah, really, it's getting that result just kind of put things in perspective like and put things in perspective as me as a coach as well and helping my athletes is like it's also not about just having the right legs. It's being able to race smart, understanding the race and race psychology and using your card at the best opportunity possible to grant the best opportunity for success. So if you have a 5%, 5% chance of winning the bike race, you know, that's probably what I had going into Tucson circuit race. And I just played it at the right time and I was able to get a result from it. And I think people get too caught up with just focusing on just being a really strong rider and just riding with their legs and forgetting a whole nother dynamic uh, within bike racing. And one of the things that being able to do the work first off also brings confidence. And then what that does is gives you that self-affirmation that you deserve to be in this race. And once you get that, then you can really race your bike and, it's so wonderful to see like one of my athletes who's doing really well. Um, he's been putting in so much work and to see him go into line up to a bike race. And I just know intuitively he's got that. I deserve to be here and I deserve to, uh, potentially get a result just like how everyone else is, man. I think, uh, really that just, you just go into, you just get into the zone, if you will. One thing that triggered like in my mind, it like hit me like a, a ton of bricks there when you were talking was the importance of confidence and, and, and the importance of confidence as it relates to mindset. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of, I think a lot of people have a starting spot. It's so easy. Let's put it this way. It's so easy to have the starting spot of, well, I don't have the race tires. I don't have race wheels. Maybe I didn't eat properly this morning or, you know, I didn't sleep that well last night. 
maybe uh, training wasn't great this week or something like that. Whenever you line up to an event, there's any number of excuses because we're always searching for what ideal is, right? As, as humans, we know what ideal can be. We can think through what ideal can be, but, but it almost paralyzes you as an athlete because you know what ideal can be and it just doesn't exist. And so many of our athletes are their parents, their fathers and mothers, their husbands and wives, their brothers and sisters, their business owners, their people that are executives, their people that, that have really important and powerful jobs, right? That, that they have so much going on and cycling is their hobby. Yeah. And so when they get into a situation yeah. where they show up at the race, they've invested so much time and effort and sacrifice and sweat, and they've invested all of this and they get to the start line and they can think, uh oh, you know what? Maybe I'm not as prepared as I want to be, or maybe I'm, uh, you know, this other guy is better than me or has more opportunity than me or something like that. And what I want people yeah. to, to recognize is not to be paralyzed from that. It's still going to be there, you, but I want you to have the mindset that let's be searching for opportunity, right? And that's what we talked about. And that's really the connection I wanted to make for people with you starting your own team is that it didn't look like you were going to get in the Redlands Classic. You've done all of this training, you've done all of this effort, and you and I are on the phone, we're talking about it, and basically it's like, okay, huh. you're going to create a team. And then we worked through that together, right? Yep. And, and so it wasn't just about me training your legs and telling you to do this workout, do that workout. It was about helping you navigate how you could be successful and still move forward towards your goal. And I love that about you, and I do. I love that about you, that you're so you're so driven that, okay, if that's what we got to do, if that's what this path looks like is, is creating my own team, that's what I'm going to do. Right. And so many of the people that we have the privilege of working with have that same kind of mindset, right? They do those kind of things oh, yeah. maybe in their everyday life. So if there's something that people, I want people to take from this podcast is that, that they can do that in their sporting life too. And they can do that in their athletic endeavors as well, that they can find they can find a way to press through. And if you, and if you talk to enough people or if you talk to the right people, you're going to find a solution and a way to be successful. And so like you were talking about with your athlete, we want people to line up at the start line and be like, they have, the, they want to know that they have the confidence to be successful. Right. And you, like you said, you had a 5% chance of winning or, you know, getting a big result and you turned 95% chance of uncertainty. Right. Cause that's the other side of that coin. You might have 5% chance of getting a result, but there's 95% of the times you're not going to get a result. Right. So in that yep. way, you managed to get a result and you played the odds to your favor. And that's what we want to help people do. Right. And so thinking about exactly the next three stages of the Redlands Bicycle Classic, what are you thinking? Where is your head at? How are you? What are your goals and what does success look like for you? at the final three stages of the Redlands Bicycle Classic? <laughs> what's, well, what success looks to me is winning that bike race. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'll be, I'm just being a bit sarcastic. What truly, I mean, comparing to last year to this year, my, my goals for the upcoming stages is to get, to finish with the bunch as close as possible to the finish line. And what was that other question? Excuse me. Well, I it was, wanna, uh, I was oh, what am I, what am I doing to prepare? Exactly. Exactly. What are you doing for the last three yeah. stages? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I want to hear oh. 
what do the last yeah. three stages look like both and compare a little bit about what, what last year was like to this year and what your goals are for this year. Well, goals for last year was essentially use every trick in the book, uh, to survive. And, you know, this year is much different. And in order for me to be really successful in the next three stages, what I'm really doing and, uh, what I'm continuing to do in my training and throughout my day to day is really envisioning myself in the race. So I've, I've done this a lot quite recently and I've found that it's helped me tremendously. And I try to do this with, I've kind of tested with my athletes too. And what that, and what this is, is just visualizing the race and being in it. And I, what I find is that when I visualize myself, my heart rate actually rises. And that just shows you how powerful the mind is. And when you just visualize yourself going through the course, knowing the segments, the turns, where one spot might be a bit sketchy, uh, when you're actually in the present moment doing it, you actually can get a bit further farther. And you can almost put yourself into like autopilot where... You just know what you need to do and you just execute it. And that's really what I'm doing for essentially every single stage of uh, the Redlands Bicycle Classic, looking at the race Bible, understanding where it, where it needs to be, looking at the environment, the segments, the weather, um, and then uh, where the climbs are, what KOM laps, uh, just things like that, really. That's excellent. One thing that comes to my mind when you're, when you're talking through that is, is I wanted to make sure everyone understands where you came from last year. You were fighting for time cut. What does that mean? Fighting for time cut is in every stage race, uh-huh. there's the winner's time. And then there's a percentage in which every other finisher has to finish to be able to be able to start the next stage. Okay. Usually that's, you know, 7%, 10%, sometimes 15%. Right. So on stage one of the Redlands Bicycle Classic, there were riders that finished outside of the time cut that they were unable to start the next stage because they did not go fast enough. Right. And so for people that are new to the sport or new to racing at that level, that is time cut is something that they become obsessed about because no one wants to miss time cut. Okay. But a dirty little secret about bike racing is that at, at some point, everybody fights with time cut and maybe you'll have a bad day or maybe you have a mechanical or something happens outside of your control and you don't make it, you don't make it. And you've invested all of this time and effort to not make it. And that's just such a hard pill to swallow. And you were one of the, you were the only local rider in Southern, from Southern California to finish the Redlands bicycle classic last year. And when you did that, you were fighting for time cut every day. And so when we talked about preparing for 2019, oh, yeah. you said to me, Brian, I don't want to be fighting for time cut. I want to, I want to be in the bike race, right? And, and what does in the bike race means? Mean, it means that you're able to influence the race or at least recognize when the race is going to happen to you. And, and so when the race accelerates, you're able to go, okay, there's an acceleration coming. I'm going to hold on or this or that, right? It's, yeah. it's not like the race is happening to you and then you get spit out the back and then we have a problem, right? So you, you wanted to come into this race very confident that you could go into the race and be able to look for some opportunity to influence the race yourself. And you've already done that because today you finished all 20 laps of the race 
which is a huge step. Literally, you did twice as many laps as you did last year. And that's a huge, huge improvement. I couldn't be more proud of you, right? So tomorrow, when we talk about the Ukaipa stage, that's a 90-mile road race with about 10,000 feet of climbing. It's so, so, so hard. And I know because they're my local roads, I train on them all the time. And it's a brutal, brutal race. It's got wind. It's got turns. It's got potholes. It's got challenging technical sections. It's got endless climbing. It's it's very, very challenging race. And so, again, last year you spent a majority of that race riding solo. And you were passing riders that were giving up. And you just wouldn't quit. You were relentless. And I think that's important for people to see is that maybe when some people think about you, they think, oh, you know, Leo's just a great bike racer. He just... You know, he's successful all the time. And the reality is that you've tasted some some very challenging days and you keep showing up ready to give your best. And so maybe help us with that. Take through take our listeners through like how you maintain that drive. <laughs> well <laughs> part of it comparing last year to this year, leading up to last year was like, you know, I made <clears throat> barely made time cut every stage. Like for the road race, which we're doing tomorrow, made time cut by two minutes. Uh, and then just in order to maintain that drive, it's, it's really just understanding my why and, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think, you know, you do need to be, use the extrinsic motivation, uh, when you, when you really need it to kind of get out the door and put in the work for the training. And then truly, I think you also need that intrinsic motivation in order to really be pushing yourself. Because when stuff hits the fan, uh, that's really where people's true colors really come out. And, uh, you know, it's through really, I think, observing others who've faced really much more challenging situations than I have and then seeing them be successful just makes me feel like, you know, what I have is, you know, it can be done and it can be overcome and just got to continue, continue pedaling, really. And, I find that cycling for me is like the hub to my life. And in order to really continue the drive, I pretty much have to keep all the spokes in line of my wheel. And if all the spokes are intact and in line and maintained, the wheel just keeps turning. And I think a great quote I got from you is it's just not about how fast you go, but just about continuing to keep moving and you know, that has done wonders for sure, because there's been huge amounts of challenges just to get to up to this point. There has been challenges, but you've met each of those challenges head on. And I'm so proud of you for that, brother. Really, really proud of you that the thing that you said there that I think we should close on is just keep pedaling, just keep pedaling. And if that's, if, if people's mindset can always be focused on that, they could just keep pedaling. Well, the success they would taste so much more success right yeah uh you know just keep going and the race isn't over until you cross the line i love that i love that leo it's been so good to talk to you thank you so much for your time and i just you know i'm proud to work with you i'm proud to work for you and uh i love i love having you a part of the big Bill coaching team uh-huh. uh and and wearing all the hats you do and i'm so proud of you i hope you're going to have a great, you're going to have a great Redlands classic. We're going to talk more about it. Is there anything you'd like to say to everyone as you're closing any any parting thoughts? Oh yeah, definitely. I would just like to, you know, first off, just thank my family and, you know, everyone who supports me and, you know, I, 
everyone, those people know who they are, the community, and of course, the sponsors and brands that believe in my vision and continue to support what I do because without all those people, sponsors, brands, uh, family members, the community, uh, this all wouldn't be possible. So yeah. And thank you for having me, Brian. Oh, it's my privilege. Trust me, brother. It's my privilege. So thank you, Leo, for everything. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for all those that are listening at home. And thank you for your patience with our technical difficulties because, uh, we are coming to you with a, with an ocean between us. The Pacific ocean is a big, wide, uh, a big wide spot. And, uh, you know, the Wi-Fi connection isn't always great here in Taiwan, but, uh, I really thank everyone for taking the time to listen and sharing with us some feedback because we're always trying to improve and get better. So thank you for everyone for joining us. Thank you, Leo, for joining us. And, uh, we'll look forward to future episodes and, and following your success at the Redlands Classic, Leo. All right. Thank you, Brian. See you Take guys. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.